0: Welcome to the T2 Hubcast. Join Martin, Dave, Spencer and guests as they discuss all things personal and professional development. The T2 Hubcast, brought to you by the People Performance
1: People. So, welcome to another T2 Hubcast with me, Martin Johnson, and
0: and me, Mike Arameo.
1: Mike Arameo, uh, Managing Director of Buoyant Upholstery. Yeah, correct. we we um, I was I've been excited about recording this this Hubcast because, as the listeners know, we do various Hubcasts at T2 with Dave and Spencer and myself, and it's really good. We do insight on particular topics and subjects and our areas of expertise, but sometimes we like to bring external guests in. Uh, usually from the world of business, sport, or the military. And we just grill the mic on, uh, you know, or we don't even grill them. We just have a conversation for half an hour and we see if we can uh, pick your brains on a few things and debate a few things. And hopefully the listeners will take something away from it. So Mike Arameo is whole born and bred. He His story for me is inspirational. It's a, it's a successful story. He started out do I'll let him sort of elaborate on that in a second. He started up doing many jobs, then got into sales in the furniture industry, worked his way up from carrying a bag on the road, selling furniture, um, to to working his way through the leadership ranks and eventually reaching the top echelons of Boyant upholstery. Are you a shareholder as well, Mike? I am, yes. Yeah. So you're managing director and shareholder yeah. of buoyant. You've been at the company how long?
0: Um 19 years, August the 1st, Nine, year.
1: 19 years. So yeah. I'm delighted to have you, Mike. Uh, we haven't planned anything, have we? No. This is completely off the cuff, so I'm going to steer a line of questioning. But before we do, Mike, will you just give the listeners a little bit uh, of, of background to you. And and because what we're going to talk about on this podcast a lot is around the sales stuff and around the account management and the relationship side. It's something you excel in, something you built your career upon, strong yeah. relationships. But just give us a bit of a snapshot of, of, of your journey to, to where you are okay, today. Okay.
0: Well, uh, as I say, <clears throat> by the way, every conversation you have with Martin Johnson is a grilling, it always is. So don't <laughs> let him uh, fool you there. Uh, whole lad born and bred Branzome all my life uh, come from a big family seven of us I'm the youngest so obviously I never actually had my own bed till I was 13 I used to sleep in everybody else's beds when my brothers didn't come home during the night so but we had a great family life great childhood went to Branzome High left with a Spanish O level my father's Spanish so that was one of my favorite subjects Um quicker quickly realized that at the age of twenty-four, I went back to university, did a sales and marketing degree, which I never actually finished because I never did the um, I never did the uh, the dissertation at the end, and yeah. things went wrong. And had a few diverse problems in my issues in my life, and ended up getting a divorce. But out of that came two absolute amazing children, yeah. um, Laura and Robert. Um, and I'm pleased to say now I'm I'm really good mates with my ex-wife and it's a good collective uh, dynamic again. But through there becomes lots of adversity and lots of moving around, jobs, this, that and the other, and eventually I sort of found my um, forte in selling. I I had the chat, um, which was good, because I certainly didn't have the looks. So (laughs) the chat helped me along in lots of other ways as well. Um, and
1: and to the and, to, and just to get there, mate, to the listeners, the chat is a northern term for I had the gift of the gab. I had the I, gift I, of the I gab. could socialise. Yeah, I could speak yeah. very well. Yeah, yeah they, absolutely.
0: Talking to anybody at any level wasn't an issue for me. So moving on, till I was like early thirties, I worked for Silent Night. <clears throat> Within six months of being a rep, I was national sales manager. <clears throat> Excuse me, Martin. Sorry, and. All right? um, I eventually moved up through the ranks. I was there for 10 years. I joined Point Upholstery, became National Sales Manager, then I became Sales Director, then Deputy Managing Director, and then Managing Director, and then I bought into a company that was doing not very well at the time. Yeah, A guy called Charles Wade owned it um, personally.
1: And, and Charles Wade, is, um, <clears throat> am I right in saying Charles Wade uh, is, is the late Charles Wade?
0: It. Yeah, and Charles Wade is probably one of the biggest figures in the furniture industry in the UK, owning lots of brands like, you've heard of, G-Plan and people like that, uh, Duresta, Park and all, and he owned Boeing at the time. So when I became MD, it was losing about 3.2 million. And he asked me whether I wanted to buy into it, and I said yes, and I scraped together 20 grand. I can't all of a sudden speak anymore.
1: He's got man flu.
0: I I scraped together 20 (laughs) grand. I lent a few quid off a few different people and I bought 10% of the business and we went from there and it was just 16, 17, 18 hours a day working very hard, building up a great sales force and trying to get over what I wanted out of the sales force and the way I wanted them to work. Became a successful formula for us. Not everybody works in the same way. I've got my very own own unique way of working.
1: Yeah, I know that. And just to interject there, Mike, and um, <clears throat> you know, the reason why I wanted to record this hubcast with you is because um, that journey is, I think, uh, very interesting. Probably for many listeners in the fact that you've come from almost nothing into a sales role without any formal sales training. So there was never any sales methodologies or anything that you sort of like were picking up along the way, your own style and your own way. But to develop into those leadership roles and eventually into a major shareholder and managing director of the business, which was at the time losing money or not performing very well. And to, to to sort of fast forward to today and turn that round on, it said to the to the, to the the results Boyant have been producing traditionally over the last five years is a phenomenal story and a turnaround. And why I wanted to get you on is because you've built a lot of that success on sales, on being a sales-led business and never letting your foot off the pedal in terms of finding new opportunities and growing accounts and expanding within and penetrating the marketplace and taking market share off other, off other companies. So um, I, I don't know if you would agree, but, you did put a lot of your chips on on the sale on your ability to sell and grow. Well, listen,
0: for me, I'm a I'm an out and out salesman. I, you know, I'm, yeah, I am the the managing director, but I have five other directors: production director, financial director, logistics, and so on and so on. Each of them guys are professionals at what they do. I have no idea. <laughs> How to do their job. No idea. Nor should you
1: if you <clears throat> if you're doing your job. Directly. And when I got them
0: all together and I said, look, guys, I, I can't do your job. I don't know it. But what I do know is I'll get you the sales if you lads can make it, add it up, deliver it, make sure it's fine, develop it, design it. I'll get you the sales. Because sales is is me, it's what I am. I have my own, like I said, unique way of selling. Selling for me is about being a personal thing that you've got to take at heart first of all i could never sell something i didn't believe in right so you
1: you hit a really good point here and i just want to jump in there because we at trans two i always have two uh two philosophies of, of sales great sales and you've already jumped into one and again we haven't planned this right but a you have got to know your product or service inside out inside out b to your point you have to be genuinely passionate and believe in your product or service for it to come alive. Well,
0: there's two bits you've you've said there. The genuinely passionate bit is the bit where genuine is I am known in the industry. I'm known, you know me, my friends know me, your friends know me. I say what I think, and, and sometimes it's not the right way to go.
1: Even people listening to this, Mike, there's an element of rawness to you. It's real. You know, there's no, there's no polish. Wade, there's no you, polish on there. Charles you.
0: Wade used to explain me as a rough diamond. <laughs> that's what he used to say. My MD is a rough diamond, and I think that's probably what I am. I'm more of a a market trader than I could run Coca Cola. Coca Cola yeah. would would bore me to death. <laughs> but genuinely, you've got to be honest with people, and that's what I'm known for in the industry. They know. They come to me at the NEC, all the other MDs, I have a look around my stand, but they know that if they ask me if I think it's any good, I'm going to tell them Mm. because I've got got no way of – I don't like the grey area of life. Mm. I like black. I like white. And sometimes it doesn't do you well to be that honest. Yeah. But I find 99% of the time it's the way to go. You've got to be honest with people because then they trust you. Mm. Because if they trust you – They're always going to have a look at what you're selling because they buy you first. They buy you as a person. And if you believe in what you're selling, they're going to have a look because they know you're going to look after them.
1: So let me ask you a question. Love that. But let me ask you a question. Um, People say to me, Martin, but can't you be a good salesperson if you're not passionate about the product? For for example, um, I'm selling uh, cups, right? I'm selling mugs with, with your brand on the side of the mug. Yeah. I can't get that passionate about a bloody mug, right? right? The mugs are mugs. But what I say to that is, and this is where, Miblington, you've sold furniture. Now, the question for me is, is Mike Arameo passionate about furniture or is Mike Arameo passionate about delighting customers and building relationships? And, and can you get away with one or the other? No. no uh,
0: pfft, well, not, not a difficult question to answer. I believe you can sell anything if the product is worth selling.
1: So you've got to your, have a value to the product, the, yeah. Your,
0: product, your cup, your cup. We need cups. We use them every day. You can, you can't get passionate about a cup, but you can get passionate about the sale, about the service, about the way you handle the pay, the people, and you can get passionate about all those peripheral things because, in that instance, the product sells itself.
1: I love that because anybody listening to this in sales or any sales leaders or managers if you are selling a transactional product where people can get it anywhere else, right? Let's say you are, right? I know we can always claim differentiation. We always like to think out, but if you are in an industry where you're selling something you can't overly get passionate about, I just want to pick up on replay on something Mike said then. You can be passionate about the peripherals of the sale. Love that. You know, passionate about your connections with the customers, your relationships, your service levels. You can get passionate about why you, even if the product itself Is a transactional product yeah does that make sense
0: absolutely because that you've usually got i sell designer-led furniture so it's all about cutting edge design comfort sit my products are in stores dfs john lewis house of fraser sophology oak furniture land all the big players we have lots of little players as well but my product is only as good as the people that are delivering it the product goes in if the product then Nobody's bothered about after sales. Nobody's bothered about following it up. Nobody's bothered about making sure the right swatches are with the right furniture, this, that, and the other. It all becomes, yeah, you sell it in once, but that's it. It's over. You yeah. don't get a second chance. You've got to – all of the peripheral things are probably as important as the initial sale. People sometimes want your product because it's the only one. We all want to buy an iPhone because iPhones sell themselves. But don't you get fed up when you're going to an Apple and they're not interested? No, Apple are very interested. They go in, I've got a problem, I'll sort it out. I had a problem with my iPhone, it keeps freezing. Yeah, book an appointment, I'll sort it out for you. It's done. I love iPhone. Mercedes, they look after me. I go in, I have prob- loads of problems with my Mercedes car. Why don't I go and buy a BMW? Because I love the people at Mercedes. Mm. The great people, they look after me. And it's the reason I go back.
1: Yeah, I love that. And it's not
0: really about the car. Yeah. You know, it's about the people who are going to look after me because I know I don't want grief. I don't want aggro yeah. when I'm doing something. So when my guys are selling, they're selling the whole thing, not just the product. Love that. And, and it's, it, it really boils down to honesty, relationships, and being trusted by who you're selling to.
1: Love that. So, first salient point of this hubcast because me and Mike have got the ability—if it allows us—we've got thirty minutes for this, and we could let we can talk all day, right? So, the first salient point, just to just to sort of uh, what Mike's saying there is—is is it doesn't matter what products or or service you sell, right? you can get passionate about the peripherals and the process and the whole thing of sales and not just the isolated products. if you've got a product you genuinely believe in and love it's a double whammy it's brilliant Absolutely. if you if you're genuinely you know people who sell art or who are into art it's it's, it's yeah. I mean I we run trip t2 we get to sell helping people and changing people's lives now yeah. it's a double whammy for me but if you're not, if you are the person selling cups or selling furniture or whatever it might be, and you're not overly passionate, you can be passionate about the peripherals, and that makes the difference. Absolutely, love that, Mike. So, next question for you, and this is this is literally my brain's working, so I'm yeah. just going to hit you on account. A lot of our customers ask us questions around account management and account expansion. So, they're landing a customer. The lot of mistakes salespeople make is they're landing to a customer and they do an initial deal, and that initial deal in your world is to put a couple of a couple of lines of furniture in a store and see how well they sell. And then they walk on to the next one and they try and do the next one. What the great account managers do is they get a couple of lines or a couple of products in the organization and then they're looking elsewhere. What else can we put into here? How else can we, you know, upsell into this account? Can we expand our footprint within this customer? And that's where they, so they generate more revenue from their customers. Um, you seem to do this very well. I know, I know your history is you get one you get one piece of furniture in a store. Before they know it, they've been a my arameo yeah. and they've got half a buoyant bloody catalogue in the store. You know what I mean?
0: I remember a long time ago, I threatening a retailer that if he didn't put some of my stuff on the store, I was going to ram-raid his store during the night and put some product on his floor for him. <laughs> is, and that it, is
1: that a sales tip, boys?
0: No, don't go down that road, by the way. But that that's how you've got to be. You've got to be to the point where... You believe in it so much. There's deals to be done everywhere. Everybody wants a deal. We do deal with, <clears throat> with all the major retailers. But you've also got to be clever. I've got sales reps who will deal with three or four shops within the space of four or five miles. You've got to give them different products. You've got to give them different fabrics. You've got to give them a different look. You've got to give them a feel of that they're getting some exclusivity and they're getting protected as well. Because <clears throat> the man who goes around selling the same product to six different stores in the same town suddenly ends up with one shop and the other five won't deal with him again.
1: Yeah, because you're always going to get that attrition. You're always going to get, yeah.
0: So it depends on what you're selling. A lot of it's down to that. But a lot of it boils down back to the thing is being honest with people and not be afraid. Say, yeah, your competitor up the road, we deal with him. Mm. But he ain't going to get what you're going to get. And test me out. Try and order what he's got through my company. They'll knock you back. 'Cause there's a there's a line on the account, et cetera, et cetera. So you've got to you've got to be honest with people. It's the main thing. And you've got to obviously boils down to give them a service.
1: Yeah. So you're more likely to expand the account if you're not afraid to do so, but also on whatever you've initially delivered in, first few products, deliver you've got to prove yourself fair. So if you deliver the great service. You deliver a great product; it earns you the right to then be a bit bold about yeah. taking more and about. Well, this doing NEC,
0: more the NEC January is the biggest furniture show in the in Europe. This NEC, we went a little bit more up market than what we're, we're very middle market, touching to top end. We went a bit top end of this year. And the, the reason we did so well is because people will come on the stand and they will give us an opportunity because mm. they know that the service is brilliant, the product's made well, and if it stands up to what we're trying to sell, we try, our average selling price went up over £157 per sofa, which is massive. The proof in the pudding is all this gear is going out and been delivered April-May time, whether it then repeats and sells out. We believe it will. They believe it will because they've put it on the floor. But they've given us an opportunity because they know that the basic product from us is brilliant.
1: So comes back to your point: deliver upon quality and value in the peripherals first time. It earns you the right to go after bigger things. Absolutely, because the bigger things don't come without it, right? You know, sometimes you can expand. Sometimes we try and expand before we've yeah. even built any relationship or delivered. You don't get anywhere
0: with, until you've got the relationship. They've already tested you; it's proven, and you've been honest, and you've got that. Humour is a big thing, Martin. Well, you're <coughs> a League
1: United fan, so, you know. Humour is
0: a big thing. I'll probably move <laughs> on past that because we play West Brom and if we lose, it's all over. <laughs> but I have been laughing at myself buying a League United season ticket for 40-odd years and thinking, there, I've got the best trick in the world. Just get passionate about a football team. You buy it no matter what rubbish you're watching. Exactly. Because it works for me. Yeah. It has yeah. done with me and my son. So, humour is a big thing. And I'd like to think I've got a like joke or two up my sleeve, and I've got a story, and this, that, and the other. I feel sorry for the man who I look at. I, I, I suppose I'm a little bit judgmental in the fact that I look at some salespeople and they just don't inspire me. Yes. If people doesn't don't inspire me, I can't believe what they're saying.
1: Yeah. And I'm gonna I'm gonna back this up, right? What, what <clears throat> people also need to know listening to this. Now we sit here four years in at T2. Today is actually the day we launched our first technology platform. We've doubled the business year on you and we've been very successful and that continues to grow. But Boyant Upholstery and Mike Arameo was my first ever customer. We were. And I'm going to back up to what you've just said. Mike didn't know the quality of our training. He'd not seen any of the slides. He didn't know the content. But within 30, 40 minutes of me pitching to you or me talking to you about what we could do for your business, you bought into me and you went, I don't care. We're doing it, and because you, wrote, and you, you because you know. you've
0: got a massive personality, you've got an infectious personality. Listening to your daughter last week on her podcast, by the way, she's <laughs> the next Martin Johnson. She is, yeah. If you could teach it to I up. <laughs> <clears throat> she'll tell you every single president from 1930. <laughs> but two and two now is definitely four. But we'll move that on. I brought into you because your personality is huge, and you inspire people. Your inspiration. Yeah. I'll tell you a little thing about Martin. I'm part of the Prince's Trust, and I was mentoring eleven to thirteen year olds. And at the end of it, they had to go in a workplace pe- placement, and they came here. And those kids listening to Martin and his team and the presentation they put on was no less than what they did to me. Mm a paying customer full of a room of sales professionals, they had a room of 11, 12-year-olds, they got the same attention. That's the impressive thing.
1: Yeah. That you Uh, don't
0: let your, your, your levels drop just because from adults you're talking to children. You know, that says a lot about trans too, and the people who work here, Yeah, because you are obviously very passionate and you care about what you're delivering.
1: And this comes back to your point there, which I liked, because I didn't get you on the show to not pull any punches, but I feel sorry for the man or woman, but you feel sorry for the person who doesn't have that natural ability or is not emotionally aware from an emotional intelligence perspective that they're not connecting and inspiring with another person. Because we talk about the first 10 seconds, Mike. When you walk through a door and you shake someone's hand and you look somebody in the eye, you know in 10 seconds whether you're going to do business with them or not. You do. You do. Right? By, by how people carry themselves and you go friend or foe, like, dislike, in or out, within 10 seconds. Yeah. You can't afford to get that wrong, right? So having the, the you can't really train for charisma or, or traits, but what you can do is become conscious. If you're not good at it, you're going to have to start doing something. Yeah. You're going to have to start making a change, and you do that very, very well. But well, if you've got
0: a massive personality... Whether you know anything about what anything what you're selling, this that, and the other, you've got a massive personality. People will like you and they'll gravitate towards you. You can be taught anything. You can, you can. But if you if you absolutely, Mister, I know every single inch of the product, but I don't know how to deliver it.
1: Yeah pointless it is no it makes a really good point so for people listen there's some people who have great product knowledge and the follow the sales process and you wouldn't have any other person on on the ship from a diligence perspective but you have to be able to bring a product or service alive in the mind of the buyer and to do that you need to focus on the behavioral and the interpersonal aspect right got eight minutes left mike two more questions for you one of the things i i observe in you we talk about negotiation a lot uh, you are a little bit of an unconscious master at this. Uh, I observe you. I've never shared this with you, but I'm going to share it with you now. We have a saying at T2 which says, uh, when we teach negotiation skills, that says, never concede, always trade. In the fact that when you're doing a deal, you don't. Some a customer doesn't, doesn't say, right, Mike, you want five grand, I'm going to give you three and you go done, right? What you do is some customer will say to Mike Arameo, you want it five grand? I'll give you three, and you say something like, "Well, if I do that for you, this is what I want in return." Or I'll do that for you, but I want you to order three instead of one. I don't. You probably you're nodding at me, right? Never concede. Always trade. Is where does that I, come from in you? Why? Why? Do you because that I right?
0: I believe that I always believe that you you, you go in at the price you need. Everybody's got a little bit of flexibility. And sometimes you haven't got the flexibility, but you give the flexibility anyway because you look at the longer-term view in the fact that you might have to buy your first uh, your floor model or your second floor model. But number three and four, you've built a relationship, but you start getting a little bit back and it all starts coming round again and everybody's happy. But for me, if they're getting something, they will give you something.
1: Yeah. There's, there's it's no, the natural it's, human thing, isn't in, it?
0: In their brain... They're like, if I've got something I've won, but giving this little thing back, which maybe sometimes is more important than the first thing Mm. to you, is they're willing to do that. Mm. So why you can't – it's boring just saying, yeah, deal, checking people's hands. I've been on a stand. I've flipped a con for a deal. There's no, I'm I'm going to flip a coin. If I know if I lose, it's going to cause me problems. Yeah. So I know that I'm I'm on a win a win situation. Yeah. Because if they win, they're over the moon, if they lose, I'm over the moon, and you never stop talking about that for years to
1: come. Mm. And and just to highlight the point of where you've done this on me, um, and you know you got to be careful in business with bribery and all the rest of it. It's got to be a kosher deal. But there was a, even if it's not anything to do with the business deal, still look for an opportunity. So, Mike. Uh, was the first customer that I had. Uh, That was on merit, and and you meant it. And as we were signing the deal, I don't know if you ever remember this, but you said, Martin, I'm running the London Marathon in April. I did. If I (laughs) sign this, right, which I'm more than happy to do, will you sponsor me for the London Marathon? I did. And I instantly held my hand out and went, done. You did. And I sponsored you a reasonable amount, right? A thousand pounds. A reasonable amount to run the London Marathon because that is an example of in action, never always just concede. Look for a trade. Well, that was brilliant
0: because I ran that with a good, good friend of mine called Craig Rutter, we had to raise three. So I said to him, "Look, a third of mine is done. You better get your finger out, Craig."
1: <laughs> Absolutely. So, but, but that's in you that that hustle of not just conceding. But well, a-
0: a- Arafest. We touched. We haven't touched upon yet, but it's a, a
1: yeah. A just fest- one minute. Quickly explain Arafest.
0: Arafest is a festival. Um, that started from a staggered end do and uh, is now a two-event um, thing a year festival in June the 22nd. We are in Leaven, um, family-friendly and friendly festival that we've now raised over 60, 70 grand for the children of Hull. Wow, Three different charities we support. It's now become um, a registered charity. And what's the first thing I do is I write to all of my customers Asking them for some sponsorship. And I bet when they're writing the cheque, they're thinking, oh, God, not again. He's here again. But they don't really want to let me down because I don't let them down. Yeah. So first, I use my contacts to help us raise a little bit of the cash. And rightly so, because... And just to explain, Mike,
1: where does the cash go to that you raise for festival? Well, at the moment we cause. support
0: Freedom Road, we support Beat Bus, and we support the scrap store. And you're one of the few people who've been to every single one, mm. Martin. It's yeah. number six this Love year. You yeah. just ordered your tickets. And there's a few people been to everyone, but and it's getting bigger and we do a ball at the Christmas. And that's amazing as well. And it's one of the most satisfying bits of my entire life to be able to give underprivileged children something that they wouldn't normally have got. And that stems from my son and daughter who are both actors and, um, Early doors, having to pay to join Old Truck and and now they're professional actors and doing very well, giving these kids a chance to achieve what they've achieved.
1: Yeah, it's lovely, mate. It's wonderful. And this is the thing, you know, for, for everything you are, the brash, the bravado, the straight talking. Good looking. yeah, Good looking, you know, are they at, at times controversial, let's say. Um, there's a heart of gold in there, which gives and which does our fest, and you know, and puts this thing on, and the, the coordination of it, and the time and the effort. You know, it's a big thing. You're running a company; you don't have to do it right, so yeah. it, it is there. But coming back to our points, I've got one more question for you. What you're saying there is, if you go through your life in a philosophy as it's okay to do things for other people, and it's okay to go first, and it's okay to do deals and to negotiate, but try to. Trade and not just concede because it's a human instinct. Certainly for salespeople, it's a human instinct to say, "Okay, Mister Customer, we've always done that before. Where they get they go to you, Mike. I haven't got ten grand, right? But I've got seven, and if you sign today, we'll do the deal." Yeah. So you, so the salesman's put under pressure. Good salespeople might go, "Well, I can't go to seven grand because then it'll be a bad deal profit-wise. But if I can, before I agree." let me say okay but if i do this i want that piece of work over there or i want this in return and that's a great tactic well, and that's I just, just you know, the
0: art of selling really yeah I, I think you learn that over the years i think you learn how to negotiate with your customers and let's face it you know i like a laugh and a joke but there's some customers you've got to be straight up and down very professional mm. do the deal walk in walk out walk away yeah they're not they're five percent yeah 95 percent of people. They want to interact, they want to laugh, they want a bit of banter, they want to talk to you, they want to do a deal, and they want to feel as though they've come away with a fair deal. Absolutely. And they've got something out of you. But you're always going to get something out of them if you're honest.
1: Yeah, love it. Right, two minutes left, one minute 50 seconds, Mike. Is there anything else you thought about or you want to finish with before we wrap it up?
0: No, I mean, no. I mean, I, I'm, I'm chuffed to be here. I love the fact that you're doing well. I love a local Hull lad Having a go putting his uh, cojones on the table, so to speak, <laughs> I know your family, I know your kids, I know your friends. I'm very very happy to be a part of all of that big circle and you know what you're doing is amazing, and like I said, you are one of the first um well I was your first customer and and you've had a few spin-offs since we've had a few people who we've come across and you know along the way and worked with each other and this something and, and that's all very good well and good but for me, it's about where the next stage is, you know, live your life to the full, enjoy it. But remember this all of this, what we've talked about, nothing's more important than your family mm. and your football team <laughs> and your dog. Oh, and don't forget your wife. Maybe not in that in order. In that order. Because I might not have nowhere to live once you listen to this later on. But you've got to have a good time as well. And you've got to you've got to respect your friends, respect each other. And um You'll always come out on top if you keep a smile on your face.
1: Love it. Love it. And the last thing I'm going to say with 26 seconds left is not so long back, Mike Arameo had a heart attack, uh, a I major life thingy. Not the best day of uh, life. Not the best day of life. I'm going to finish with that because you've listened to this. This is only months on, larger than life. Yeah, yeah. You know, you can take anything on you can Two bounce back. Two stents and I'm running again. And I'm running. Exactly. So, Mike. Well, you Arame- made me
0: run the marathon, don't forget. Don't forget. Yeah. You signed me up without me knowing. <laughs>
1: So, 10 seconds left. Mike Arameo, thank you very much. Love Lovely. that. I'm going to get you back on for another one because I thought it was insightful and we could talk all day. Yeah. But for salespeople listening, take heed. And yeah, we'll be back with another T2 Hubcast. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. Mm-hmm.